I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top-draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with SwiftCover.com. For car insurance, don't wait in line. Go online. Get a life. Get Swift covered. Absolute Radio. It's the podcast of Frank Skinner Absolute Radio thingy with uh, Emily and Gareth, as always. And a special guest today, um, Sandy Mason is here. Hello. (laughs) Fantastic. In case you're thinking, oh, I don't know who that is, it's my girlfriend's mom. And... uh, I think it's good to, uh, to have your girlfriend's mum with you sometimes, just for security reasons. Mm. That's so funny. Were... Um, I, I remember um, I was once um, at the beach and I had a funny handshake from a Sandy Mason. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, How it, long ago? It was, <laughs> it was worth you coming in. Worth you coming in, first of all, not to get that joke, and secondly, so that, so that Gareth could do that joke. <laughs> yeah. So you were, on, you were on the show. Yes. Did you have a nice time? I... Absolutely loved it. Because uh, absolutely loved it is a good good exactly. way of saying it. Now you're a, you're a regular listener. I am and watcher. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're I watch. A, that you sounds watch a bit creepy. Because <laughs> 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 we're, we're, we're webcammed, which I always forget when I think of some of the the vile gestures that I make on it. Um, so <laughs> actually seeing it now, and rather than just uh, you know actually being in the studio, what did you learn? Would you say today? How much is involved? I think it's fascinating. And uh, the communication between all of you is wonderful. Yeah, that, that's, wonderful. that's the microphone. Really happy. <laughs> really happy and wonderful time. Two hours went by like two minutes. Well, what about that for a fact? No, there isn't enough of these. For, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm calling that a listener recommendation, you mm. see. Whereas usually they just send those emails that say, why are you playing that horrible song? So it's been lovely having you in, Sandy. And now you'll be on this podcast forever. You've been immortalised. You told me it wouldn't be recorded. Oh, this is being recorded. All right, OK. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. They all say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have the podcast. Absolute. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Emily and I'm with Gareth. Who's pointing at his, at his headphones and panicking. <laughs> Can't you hear me, Gareth? I can. I can oh, hear you, you perfectly hear me. now. I thought you were bluffing. And we've also got uh, Sandy Mason is in the studio. Sandy. Now, some of you at home might be thinking, well, I'm pretty au fait on uh, celebrities and stuff. I don't know Sandy Mason. Sandy Mason (laughs) is my girlfriend's mum. But she's here today. And she's the first person in the studio that's ever had a round of applause. Yes, because the guests never get one. The the guests proper. (laughs) So welcome, Sandy. Thank you very much, Frank. She's in the distance. We're not giving her a microphone, obviously. (laughs) You never know old people. They might say something very, very right-wing and get us into trouble. (laughs) But basically, I've got it today because we can't leave her in on her own. <laughs> so it's like when people, uh, when people take the dog to work, it's, it's a bit like that. <laughs> We've got a tray down and a bowl of water. Everything will be all right. <laughs> so um, it's, it's slightly awkward because when Sandy said, can I come into the studio, I thought, oh, that'll be lovely, you know. Yeah. Um, and then just before, because Sandy's staying with us, aren't you at the moment? When I say us, I live with Sandy's daughter. I'll be, I'll be completely upfront about it. She knows. And uh, just before we went to bed last night, uh, Sandy's daughter is called Kath and me. Had a big row. Oh and, no! Yeah. What, and, am I? Are we allowed to ask what about? Uh, you can, what happened was that um, I was on Have I Got News For You last night, right? Oh, and I always row about that. Yes, I, yeah. <laughs> I suppose there'll be lots of people texting in saying, oh, we have so many Have I Got News For You rows <laughs> in our house. And anyway, um, I'd watched it and uh, and Kath came in, she was she was out, um, and she said, uh, oh, I got a text from someone about um, about the show and I, and I got a bit excited, you know, it was a bit of praise. And we all need encouragement. And she said, it, yeah, it's from Matt, and he says, uh, saw Frank, I never got news for you, loved his outfit. Now, to a comedian, <laughs> that is like a hard punch in the stomach. No. Don't you agree, Gareth? Yeah. You're, a, you're a comic. I Obviously, do. no oh. one's ever sent a text that said, saw Gareth, loved his outfit. <laughs> no, that's never happened. I think it's very difficult, whatever people say. Like, if people say to me, oh, I like that particular piece of material, mm. I think... Oh, well, what was the wrong with the rest of it? Well, exactly. Do you, it's exactly. Hard to well, we're a very sensitive lot. So we had, yeah. it wasn't a massive row, 
Well, it was so quite- was your argument with Cathy, bearing in mind <laughs> that she didn't actually write the text, I'd like to point out here, no. <laughs> was your argument with her that she shouldn't have raised it with you, she no. shouldn't have read it out to you? All I said was, you know, was, I thought that was a little bit insensitive. That was all I said. I said it, I mean, I meant I said it in a slightly right. Perhaps we should get sad, dude, for a bit. <laughs> so, no, no, we don't want to do that. Um, uh, why cause more trouble? But, um, and then... Um, Kath, oh, oh, I mean, I, I don't want to go into it. She really had a go at me for no reason. And, uh, and so we had a big row. But I, I, I feel... Well, I learned a little technique yesterday. I was watching Sky News, right? And uh, do you know that thing about when Frank Lampard phoned into a radio station this week because oh, a bloke yeah. had, had been uh, criticising him about his, um, his relationship? And um, one of the things that was very unfortunate about this DJ having a go at Frank Lampard was it happened to be the anniversary of of Frank Lampard's mum dying, which obviously he's going to be really upset on that day. But he was being interviewed by Kay Burley on Sky News, the DJ, and she said, yes, don't you think it was really insensitive to to say on on the anniversary of, 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 of Frank Lampard's mum's death? And he said, well, of course, he said, but, you know... I don't have that date in my desk diary. She said, I'm, I'm, do you, Kay? And she said, I do, actually. And I thought, well, you don't, do you? <laughs> and I thought, what a brilliant technique to just mid-argument, to just lie so blatantly <laughs> that the other person is taken aback. Because what was brilliant, she said it was such confidence that both thought, might she actually have that in yeah. her diary? Unless Heat magazine do diaries now that, like, you know you have, like, the Saints days in, like, printed in the diary, you can get a Heat magazine diary that's just got all the celebrity dates you would ever want well, in for each yeah, but, day. But this was in Kay Burley's desk diary, so I right. think she lied. But anyway, I didn't have to lie last night. And, of course, we went off and uh, we went to bed and made up and it was all lovely, and I just want to make it clear that everything's fine with me and my girlfriend, who oh. I love very much. <laughs> However... If any of you have had... Uh, when I say any of you, I'm not just talking to Emily and Gareth now and Sandy Mason. I'm talking to the nation. Um, well, <laughs> about 17 of them. Um, if any of you have had an argument about a weird thing... I've just, I, don't, I, I don't normally have emails on my screen, but I can see them today. Frank, shut up and play some music <laughs> is what I've got. My advice to you is listen to your CDs. <laughs> If you don't want to hear the presenter, I don't want to see the I don't want to see the emails. Unless your CDs are audiobooks of Frank Skinner, in which case you'll yeah. also be yeah. disappointed. Well, I think if that person's got audiobooks, I want them back. I don't want them listened to by that kind. No, of... that sort of negativity early in the show doesn't help. Doesn't help Just anyone. Turn does it over. It? Can't you reach the dial? So uh, you can reach your email thing. It's much easier to just change that. Well, not that I suggest for one second you change from absolute radio. No, please don't turn over. Please music. don't turn over. We apologise. Okay, if you've had, uh, if you want to uh, text in what uh, the worst thing you've ever had a row about, or the stupidest thing you've ever had a row about, not the worst thing. But I'm reassured by the fact that apparently in the UK, couples on average have 156 arguments a year. Wow, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> 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 You're right. Yeah, I was quite pleased. <laughs> you, oh, come on. Oh, when we. Uh, well, how long has it been since you were dating? Well, M. it's well. The last big argument I can remember that I had with a boyfriend that was really. Well, I felt the, that question was evaded. <laughs> you should have done it early and said yesterday. <laughs> I'm going out with someone now. How are you? Um, no, I can remember arguing with a boyfriend once about uh, Brian from Big Brother. Which is quite a weird thing to argue about. I mean, when I say oh, it was proper slamming doors, didn't speak for about a week. Brian Dowling, the, yeah. the Irish uh, from Big Brother. Yeah, okay. Because he hadn't heard of Neil Armstrong, and I just said, "Well, I don't think that's great," because his argument was that Brian's argument, not my boyfriend at the time, was, "Well, I wasn't born then," and I hate people that say that. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, that's people who've confused the word history with the word memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I mean, I know who Hitler was. I wasn't born mm. then. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, how, that's how much research I've done on that. <laughs> yeah, so it's bad that. Anyone, if anyone doesn't listen, because... Uh, doesn't Obviously, if anyone doesn't listen, there's no point in talking to them. If anyone doesn't know who Neil Armstrong is, um, because they weren't born then, he was the first man on the moon. Exactly. So I just said I didn't think that was a very intelligent thing to say, and my then boyfriend said, "Oh, we can't all be as bright as you," because he obviously spoke in that voice. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> and um, so it was a huge, huge bust up. And all I remember was it ended with me saying, "You can say anything you like about me, but you can't call me a snob." 
To which he said, I can say anything I like about you. OK, you've got a fat bum. Oh, <laughs> oh how did that go down? Well, they still I didn't see him for about a week thing. after that. So, yeah, so there we go. An argument about Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. I like that. We, um, I, think, I think Laura, my wife, she saves up arguments for car journeys. I think she finds it entertaining me getting angry about something so she she saves up things to argue about on car journeys and things like um she once said on a car journey um that you only ever breathe out of one nostril at a time <laughs> when she says you, you was that advice <laughs> yeah. or was you that... only ever breathe out of one nostril at a time no oh, one it's a people. fact about people. Uh, yeah a made-up fact that's not a tr- that's not real she reckons that human beings only ever breathe out of or in of one nostril at a time it's funny you should say that because when chris evans had that tv sh- chat show on um <laughs> that was a friday and slip on on, uh, on sunday nights i remember he had billy piper as his first guest and he mm. suddenly said tell us one interesting fact and that was what she said so your wife in fact was ripping off billy piper absolute we're asking people to text in and tell us um what the stupidest thing is they've ever argued about um so far emily's winning in that she had an argument about Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. You're probably not the first, but I imagine that <laughs> Boz Aldrin, the second man yeah. on the moon, I bet, I bet on some occasion he said to some woman, am I the first? And she said, no, nah, no, that was Neil Armstrong, and he's absolutely blown <laughs> up and gone crazy. So did I, did I stop you um, with Prince mid-anecdote? Or was the, was the nostril, was that the story? Uh, that was just... It was just that Laura, uh, I think... Um, this was an example of up. her deliberately trying to start an argument just by saying you breathe through one nostril. Well, you're touchy. She doesn't really get annoyed by it because it's so clearly not true, but I get annoyed and she enjoys winding me up. But why do you get annoyed by that? It's an interesting piece of information about the human. It's though. not true, though. There is no way that you only breathe through one nostril at a time. And there's no way to prove that in a car. That's the problem about that. Unless no... you lie, like Kay Burley. Yes. Yeah. I could... look in my diary. It says in my diary, <laughs> definitely breathe through two nostrils at the same time. Yeah, well, that's... Well, of course, there's Joe Cole, who doesn't breathe through his nostrils at all. The, mm. the Chelsea footballer just seems to breathe through his mouth. But he might have, uh, you know, he might have had an injury from heading the ball slightly off kilter. We've had a couple of emails already. They're food-related oh, so far. Are they people saying, uh, shut up and just play music and no, uh, make actually, it a radio on show? on topic, on topic. Karen from Newbury, my boyfriend and I had our first row after six months together over stuffing the turkey cavity at Xmas. <laughs> Whole family got involved and took sides. I mean, I think, I think Sides of the cavity. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have the heart section. Involved in the argument. Oh, I really want to know more about mm, that. I yeah. do. I, well, what was the disagreement, Kate, from Sounds Newbury? quite shameless. I like the sound of that. I imagine it was kind of size an onion and someone said, oh, can I not have any onion in my <laughs> stuffing? And it was a long, elaborate thing with tweezers. <laughs> That's how I'm seeing it going. Um, Debbie, I had a row with my husband at an om- about an omelette. I said his was scrambled egg in a pan, not a proper one. This row went on for hours till I looked up in a cookbook. We were both right. His was an omelette and I made a Spanish one, which was more fluffy. <laughs> I always think it's a good argument if you have to look something up. I yeah. think that's great. Well, like, the internet has solved a lot of arguments, I think. The fact that we have a lot of facts at, the, at, at, yeah. at our fingertips nowadays. I yeah, think. but you'll be interested to know, Gareth, that not everyone's arguments are about facts, strange <laughs> facts. They're about things that have happened to them personally. <laughs> You're quite unusual in that you'd argue about whether one breathes through nostrils or not. I oh, know, I often do that in arguments. Look up, you know, that AQA thing? That number you can text and it will give you the answer to everything and anything. Yes. There's many a time I stood there going, let's just find out, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> and then I text the number and you wait. There's a terrible wait while the mm. answer comes through. I had, I had a big row with a woman once and I said to her, I said, you know, the, the, our problem is we've only got one thing in common, me and you. Uh, we both are in love with you. And then she came to come back at that, and I said, no, hold on a minute, that was a good line. I actually stopped the argument to savour that point. I was doing a review of my own argument. Oh, dear. So, um, yes, so uh, apparently, according to the internet, I'm going to be in the new Carry On film, which is called Carry On Bananas. Really? Yeah, well, no, I'm not. Oh. But I'm very happy for that lie to be out there. You know, people say, oh, I read something about me in the paper, it wasn't mm. true. That does happen, but sometimes they're quite good lies, which I'm happy to let go. Like, I went to the premiere of Yes Man, the um, the Jim Carrey movie, and in the star the next day, 
it said that, that Jim Carrey had come over to me and said, I'm a massive fan of yours, like to go out partying. Wow. Well, I've never met or spoken to Jim Carrey in any way, but obviously I, I wasn't going to say, how dare you suggest that Jim Carrey is a big fan of mine. So I'm I've, also I've, laughing at the idea of you going out partying. Yeah, I imagine I'd be very... Yeah, I don't actually drink, or uh, and he, I don't know if he does that. He probably doesn't, does he, Jim no, Carrey? No, I suspect he's quite a So, yeah, it'd, be, it'd probably be quite a dull, dull night out with Jim Carrey in some ways, <laughs> but obviously I'd be, give me something to talk about on here. Absolute. We're asking people to text in. Uh, the first time we've really done any texting, and we're not, we're not very good at this we're still learning how to do a radio show and we want to know the stupidest thing you've ever had a row about that's what we're asking we've got a jingle by the way um can you believe it have we yeah and this is our first ever jingle on the show hold on see what you think Saturday morning <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> something that, that was what Gareth shouted last week and I thought it, it just sounds it just sounds like the kind of thing you can imagine someone saying let's put the television on we need someone to read the television the radio <laughs> don't put the television on it's obsolete um, <laughs> put the radio on and say well let's really get cheered up and they hear Saturday morning <laughs> that will do it for me do we have any emails, Gareth? Um, yes, Ed Bowden said, I once split up with a girl o- after a row over mince pies. I love mince pies, and she was trying to, I was trying to make her eat one at Christmas. <laughs> she was a vegetarian, and I told her mincemeat was suitable for veggies, although I may have said tree huggers, as it is fruit and nuts. She was adamant it was meat. Why would it be called mincemeat, was her argument. It's <laughs> a good point. When I marched her down to Sainsbury's to read the label on the jar I'm of the stuff... I just say marched her down to Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah, that's it gives me a lot of insight into the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> when I marched her down to Sainsbury's to read was the label... Was this during the Second World War? <laughs> In Germany, <laughs> this happened. Go on, carry on. When I marched her down to Sainsbury's to read the label on the jar of the stuff to prove it wasn't some kind of shepherd's pie, I knew the relationship was doomed. Yes. Yeah, it's when marching starts that things go wrong. Yeah. Tim wants an interesting insight, though. We've asked for argument things. We've had three so far. Two of them were about Christmas food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Christmas-themed food. Stuff in Turkey is a mince pie. It suggests that Christmas is a, yeah, is a very a lot, tense... There's a lot of tension at Christmas, and, and it all gets sort of imposed onto the food. That's All what you think it is. I, I see. Yes. It's, it's projection. I hate mince pies, and you never loved me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're right. This is great from Matt um, from Wakefield. Me and my best mate had a huge argument in a pub. Oh no, that's sorry, that's the wrong one. <laughs> okay, that's hopeless. Was, was that the whole? Was yeah, that no, the whole? I, email? Well, I can't say it's hope. Has it been good enough? To, no, I can't read that one out. No, don't read it out. No, no, I won't. I'm happy with we had an argument in a pub. Luke, I think that's Luke, quite. That's a better anecdote than I've heard on some radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> there are some shows that would kill for that. Luke and Dudley. That would be the trailer on some shows. <laughs> Not here, obviously, but on other rival radio stations. Dear Frank, as a child, I had an argument with my best friend about who was more like the Beano character, Roger the Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> one of us ended up in tears. <laughs> Safe to say I won that one, Luke and Dudley. That's a beautiful story. How could you hope to actually prove that, though? I don't know. I just like the fact that Roger the Dodger summed up all they wanted to be as people, <laughs> as children, and so, were so passionate about that they were the one who was more like I it. wish it had ended, needless to say, I won. R.T. Dodger. <laughs> Dudley. Absolute. I was... Uh, apparently very well turned out, as I was saying on uh, Have I Got News For You last night. And uh, I'm not the only person to have a makeover this week. Susan Boyle, we have to say this, because if you do a radio show and don't, don't mention Susan Boyle, apparently you have to be off the air for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> off come, we'll get in touch. Yeah, um, but she's had... A, have you seen her makeover? I have, I've got, I've got it in the paper in front of me. Yeah, but how could anyone have possibly known that if I hadn't have asked you in that <laughs> professional way? No, it's true. Uh, she looks. Um, what do you? What do you? Th- I think she still looks like Susan Boyle, which is. Good. I think she looks a bit like if Sharon Osbourne hadn't had <laughs> plastic surgery. I think that's what she would look like. I yeah. think she looks quite sort of off-duty WPC. Yeah, is mm. the new look. But you know, I was a bit worried about this, Frank, because and the whole makeover. She's got a lot of Primark. Yeah. And I did actually spot the top she was wearing when I was shopping with your girlfriend. Okay. And I, I debated over whether to buy it. And I have to say, now <laughs> I've seen Susan Boyle wearing it. That would be really respect. You're kicking yeah. yourself, aren't you? <laughs> she looks um, kind of like a cross between Harry Potter and Rupert the Bear. Mm. In the nicest possible Both way. Very, very popular and successful. Icons. So yeah, that's, that's what she's done is thought, who's really big. popular? Nicky Clark's styling her, isn't he? 
Is that right? Yes, he's gonna do. He's gonna do a hair. Is he uh, part of Team Susan, as I think it's called now? Mm. She's got a minder called Frankie as well, apparently. Well, I once went um, to Inverness for the premiere of um, a film called Loch Ness with uh, with Ted Danson. If you remember that movie, mm. and uh, we had a, a celebrity parade through the town, which is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done in my life. And it was like me, David Baddiel, Nicky Clark. Coup star. Oh my god. Yeah, m- meaning. And, um, and was Ted Anna Danson K- there? He was there, yeah. Okay. Um, Annika Rice as well. So and we, we had to be, I didn't know it was going to be a so the, the mayor led us through the town and people waved um, flags of celebrity land. And one bloke um, shouted at Nicky Clark, one bloke with like really t- uh, short cropped hair, very rough looking bloke, pointing at his, um, his crop and said, uh, can you do anything with this, Nicky? And everybody, like, um, laughed about it. And that night, we were, we were at this, uh, the do afterwards, and we were talking about this, and somebody said, that was very funny, Nicky, when that guy said, can you do anything with this, and pointed at his crop. And he went, yeah. And his wife, who I think he was having, I think the marriage failed after, his wife said, yeah, and what did you say, Nicky? Nothing. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> oh, oh dear. Arguments that clearly aren't about what they're about. And sp- <laughs> continuing the arguments involving Nicky Clark theme, um, I went out with an, an, another woman who I had an argument with, and uh, she was quite upset. We sort of split up for a bit. And she went to get her hair done at Nicky Clark's. And Nicky Clark came in and said, oh, hi, how's Frank? And she burst into tears. And I don't know if Nicky Clark is that often um, confronted with raw emotion in, in the shop. <laughs> he, he sort of panicked, went out of the shop and came, went out of the room and came back in with a glass of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very Nicky Clark way of dealing with a crisis. He then wheeled in a jacuzzi. <laughs> Absolute. I didn't want that song to stop. I just didn't want it to stop. That was Bob Dylan, Subterranean Homesick Homesick Blues. I'm going to see Bob Dylan at the O2 tonight. Oh, cool. I'm going on the back of Adrian Child's motorbike. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, exactly. I said to him, I said it'll be like that Che Guevara film, and he texted back, it'll be more like Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) That that sounds like a line from a Bob Dylan song, and I was on the back of Adrian Child's motorbike. It's like one of those (laughs) weird jokes. Maybe it will at at some point, maybe it'll incorporate that, but it's quite exciting. Uh, Yeah. And for those of you who don't like to hear the West Midlands accent on on television and radio, it could be a fantastic night, (laughs) if it's wet conditions. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, yes, uh, Gareth. I am, I, uh, it's lovely Sandy being in, it's nice to finally meet you. Because (laughs) we were, we, like, I had a gig in Cheltenham this week, and um, after I'd been on, I got a text from Frank saying, my girlfriend's mum is in the audience. Don't look over there because we can't hear you. Sorry. If you're back, yeah. <laughs> Microphone technique. It's everything in this job, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Just turn, sit with your back to Sandy. She doesn't mind. Okay. Yeah, so I, t- I said, I actually said, she's lovely. Go and speak to her. Oh. Well, you I obviously could... saw her and thought better of it. No, I, <laughs> I had seen. No, I'd seen someone outside pointing at the poster and pointing at my name, and I thought, well, that's very odd because no one has come to this show to see me. And was was that you, Sandy? It must. It wasn't. Oh, was it? Were you there with other people? Yes. I think yeah. that was probably so, that was someone who didn't go in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were saying, "Let's go to the." Oh, hold on. Oh, I think just I, a oh, minute. On, I on. assumed they were going to come back later, but no, that makes sense now. They did just walk. Oh, away. can I point out that that um, Gareth always is very kind of modest about. It. He's actually a very, very, very funny stand-up comedian. But as always with stand-up comedy, the jokes about gigs that don't go that well are better than the jokes. It, it wasn't a good. What did What did you think? What did you think, Sandy? It was a very good gig, but the sound was appalling. You see, that means it wasn't very good, doesn't <laughs> it? Frank? In case you didn't hear that, um, Sandy said it was a good gig, but the sound was appalling. <laughs> that might have been a mixed blessing. I just remind you all, by the way, that Sandy Mason. In case you think we've we've kidnapped somebody um, as as some sort of charity ruse, um, is Sandy Mason is my girlfriend's mom. It's kind of um, your mother-in-law, really. I call her my mother-in-law, yeah. but that, it's not official. And uh, can I make it clear that in, in the cause of my death, she won't automatically <laughs> get any money. <laughs> <laughs> OK. We have got a chain to the radiator, though. That's why she can't come to the microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you, you don't want them wandering off. You know no, what they're like. You never know where they're going to be. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to be scaring the town, saying that it's in a... Very, very attractive old elderly woman. 
Well, I won't say that, obviously. They'll, just, they'll think I'm just out looking for one at random. So you didn't speak to Sandy? No, I didn't. I didn't know who she was. And I couldn't go around asking, because that looks bad if you've been on and then you're going around the well, audience. See, I thought Hello, Sandy... sorry, I was just on. I'm I'd also just... been in contact with Sandy, and I thought she was going to approach you. I didn't expect you to know... Um, who she was that would have been that would have been an odd thing you know I, I'm sorry I, I, I've got to hold on to your hats because I'm going to play a fall track which is tied in with a new story this week there was a story about um, the Nazis developed these cattle with long horns mm. and uh, and they're now being imported to Britain and uh, it, finally after all these years I finally worked out what this fall song coming up is about I think uh, this is the fall who makes the Nazis? Who makes the Nazis? Absolute. Who makes the Nazis? Oh, I'm so happy. I've actually played the fall. Who makes the Nazis? At sort of, was it five to nine on a Saturday morning? I... I feel oh I've changed goodness. the world. That's extraordinary, that song. There will never be another song as topical on a radio show. <laughs> that, that story about the Nazi cattle only broke this week in, in the newspapers, and that song's been about age, for ages. That, that song can't be about anything else. No, it's about the Nazi <laughs> developing uh, cattle. Are the only lines in it, who made the Nazis... Who makes the Nazis. Who makes yeah. the Nazis, and... Yes, Longhorn breed. Well, there's, there's other lines, but I'd say they dominate. Yes. <laughs> and someone smashed a milk bottle. There's, some, there's glass smashing. Stage. There's a kazoo at one point. There is ca- a kazoo at and the And there's, there's cow noises as well. And then no. someone just dropped something. We're oh. going to set up a listener support helpline for um, people who are disturbed by the fall songs that Frank plays during the show. Yes. Um, so people can get some counselling and, you know, if anything... I think there'll be a lot of people who should go to Camden in North London tonight and see the fall they're doing the Camden Crawl and you'll find that it's a beautiful thing Absolute This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily and Gareth and we've got Nick Hancock coming in he's our guest today Oh brilliant I love him I like him Oh he's he's a very funny man and um, a very dear friend of mine (laughs) might I add Uh, now, speaking of dear friends of the show, you might have, th- those of you who listen regularly will know that um, Emily's niece, Mimi, occasionally sends us advice. She, she has some comments on uh, certain bands we've played and stuff like that. This week, we've got what I can only describe as what should be a whiteboard that we yeah. have up with all sorts of hints. She's a full on mood board she's done for us. She wrote me a. How old is Mimi? She's eight, Mimi. Okay. Um, oh, I hope that's right. I'm terrible trouble if it's not, but I think she's a. She's done Mimi's ideas about the radio show. Okay. And she's done a picture of you, Frank, where you look a little bit like Adolf Hitler with a little tash. Yeah. And she's done Gareth I as well. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> that's just because I think she has a sense of the despotic control. Yeah. She's called you Radio Man Frank. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. And she's done a list. So she's said, she suggested guests. And the suggested guests for the show are Zach Efron, mm-hmm. yeah. Will Young, right. Mika. <laughs> okay. Um, quite a camp family we are. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> it. Children of an actress. <laughs> and um, Dick and Dom and Obama and kids. Well, Obama's a he comes in a bit left field. The president of the United all these children's icons. Mm. I once discovered that I saw a picture of myself upside down, and my mouth upside down looks exactly like um, Will Young's mouth. Yeah. Brilliant. The right way up. Yeah. yeah, it is. If ever I needed to do an impression of him, like looking through a letterbox, if I hung upside down, I could pretend. I could convince, I think, quite a close friend of Will Young that it was him. I'd have to adopt a slight lisp. But mm. I, I could do that, I think. Yeah, any other advice? Yeah, we've got music, the Saturdays, the Sugar Babes and JLS. <laughs> OK. Nice to know JLS is still hanging on in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we've also got subjects where she's called it Talking. Yeah, well, that's 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 what I yeah. call it. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> um, talking, she suggested moving schools. Moving schools as a topic. That is yeah. a good one. I yeah. move schools quite a lot. Do you? Well, <laughs> well you have the, the, the police come down there. Uh, moving schools is a great topic and one strangely enough we've never thought about no and it is it affects quite I don't know when I moved I had to move when I was eight my dad said you have to go to a Catholic school now because I'm worried you're being contaminated by Mm. Anglicanism 
So um, I went to a Catholic school, because no, I didn't know anyone there, and, and everyone spoke in Latin, <laughs> which is another <laughs> problem. And it, was, it used to be quite traumatic, and then I had to go to a different senior school. So I constantly moved to places where I knew no one. Whereas now I think kids go all the way through with the same mates, don't they? Yeah. I moved true? around quite a bit, and I did... Like, and I, I got to the point where I quite liked it, and I would try to sort of recreate myself in the new school. Well, that's the great thing, of course, about a new start. Mm. You can be a different yeah. kind of rebrand. But it's like it, being a spy. I love it. <laughs> well, I, if only, I remember um, on the Generation game when one week Bruce Forsyth was suddenly wearing a toupee that he hadn't worn before. And I thought, this is no good. This is, don't pretend we haven't noticed before. Yeah. And if 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 he'd moved to a new school instead yeah. of that, then you could do things like that. Mm. What kind of new people did you try to be? Well, I tried to just up my position in the social standing right. each time I moved. So try to kind of hang around with the cool kids and be like, "Yeah, I'm one of you." This is where who I would have hung out with in my last school. <laughs> but eventually, I was kind of outed, and it it just didn't work. Yes, I think that's always in the end of the day, mm. things will find their lateral yeah. level. <laughs> <laughs> It's, and that's uh, as it should be. I, I think that's right. Absolute. All right, that was um, John Otway and Well Willie Barrett. Really free. I remember seeing it. They, do, they did that on. Um, we just played that song, and this is for people on the podcast. You see now, because they won't have heard the music. But so we just played um, Well Willie Barrett and John Otway doing really free. Well, I saw him do that on the old Grey Whistle Test, and John Otway used to run around a lot, and he kicked the lead out of Well Willie Barrett's electric guitar. So that when it went to the solo, you just said, <laughs> which isn't great. And um, apparently, while Willie Barrett physically chased him out of the studio after swinging the guitar at his head, wow. which is brilliant. Nick Hancock is in is in the house. <laughs> we, we we don't we don't we're not a whooping. We show. Have no, so only one person ever got a whoop on here, and that's Sandy Mason in the corner. <laughs> and she's she's my girlfriend's mum. She, she's very whoopable. I have. To oh, say. Right, she is. Yeah, very whippable. That's, <laughs> that's what it says here. But maybe that's a misprint. It should be whoopable. <laughs> so did uh, you actually? I tell you what's great is that Nick arrived and said, "Oh, I love this oh, song." I do you know that people song. don't normally like my choice of songs on the show, but well, we're of an age. I think that's I, probably. I guess that, that is true. So uh, you were just telling me how they split oh, up. Oh, no, they split up in 1978. That's a great thing. That uh, This is, what, this was, is John Otway and Wild Willie Yeah, they, they, they were touring, and it was during the 1978 World Cup, and John Otway kept, kept just before a gig, going, oh, I'm not going to do this gig because uh, Holland are playing Italy. And he just and he missed, like, 18 gigs. <laughs> he, he turned up and go, oh, I forgot, there's a game on. <laughs> and obviously it cost them millions and millions of pounds, so they, they split up after that. I saw them, they did a festival, and there was all scaffolding around the stage, and John Otway started climbing on the scaffolding, quite spectacularly high stuff, lift, holding up all the, the sound system. And he got on this one um, sort of parallel bar, and he swung from it, and he then realised he couldn't move. He was stuck. So he was there as long as his arms held, held his weight, and then he dropped about... He would have dropped about, like, 80 feet. So they had to get all roadies out to rescue it. It's a fabulously <laughs> dramatic thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you get bands like that anymore. So, Nick, it's very good to have you on. It's lovely to be here. I haven't seen you since the West Brom Stoke game no. about two weeks ago. No. Which, uh, you, you're, you're safe now as a... F- We're just about safe. Stoke are just about safe, yeah. A couple yeah. more points. And uh, we'll if anyone is not interested in football, we're not going to talk about football at length. No. Um, but, um, you're not Nick, safe, though, Frank, are you? We're, we're not safe. No. We, are, we are doomed, actually, I would say. <laughs> I think I don't, it's not, we're not mathematically um, gone. But oh no! I love all that portentous language that you use about football. It's yeah. really heavy duty words for what is basically a pretty trivial pursuit, even though quite important to us. Yeah, well, I'm not that bothered about relic. I, I don't. I quite like the championship. I'd rather win every week than lose every week, and yeah. it's easier to park. Yeah, but I love the way they're <laughs> <laughs> easier to get a pie as well. Yeah, exactly. everything's easier yeah. about that, especially <laughs> the games. It's it absolutely <laughs> true. When we go up to the Premiership and you, you get in, and the grounds full of everyone says, "Isn't it fantastic?" You just think. Now, who are all these people? Exactly. <laughs> Where have they turned up from with their new scarves? Well, I used to feel like that. When I was an alcoholic at Christmas time, <laughs> when the pub was packed, I'd think, where were you yeah. at, at, at 5.30 on a Tuesday evening when I was in here <laughs> yeah, getting it's, drunk? It's, it's, my mate won't go out on New Year's Eve because he calls it amateur's night. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> 
So um, it's the uh, it's the. Are you plugging something, Nick? I'm not no, sure. No, oh, I never. Good. Even if I had something to plug, I wouldn't plug it. Would well, I be right in saying that you're doing this show because Stoke are playing at Fulham this yes, afternoon? You're in London. <laughs> <laughs> had, we've had a, we've had a boys' trip, and when I say boys' trip, it literally is a boys' trip. I was out last night with a 12 year old, a five year old, and an eight year old. So we, we've got. Where were you time. out? We went to Chinatown. <laughs> we went to Chinatown, and then I should have gone to Chinatown. <laughs> It's time, I said, boys. It's time. <laughs> Chinatown and then Lazy Town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fabulous. Before we uh, delve into uh, Nick's mind, we're going to have some travel. I should warn you about that. Um, uh, this is quite long. Are <laughs> <laughs> you supposed to say that on the radio? Oh, I don't know. Absolute. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily and with Gareth, and most importantly, with Nick Hancock. Most importantly, yes. yes. indeed. I've got to say, just listening to The Travel just then, there's something I always feel guilty about. If you're listening to The Travel, I don't know whether you do this or whether it's just me in that comedic way, but if you hear a, an accident, and no matter how appalling, how terrible it sounds and how potentially worrying it is, if it is near you, you, you can't help but thinking... That's near where I live, though. <laughs> oh, I've got an auntie that lives there. And it would feel guilty about that. I think that with all news items. Yeah. That if someone has been shot or something, I always have a look and think, oh, they're not too close. <laughs> it's, like, it's a sense of protecting my yeah, own... In case there's a ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any... We're doing a thing, This I don't know if you missed this, that we're doing a, a thing about the most ridiculous reasons for arguments. Oh, right. So people are um, texting in. So I could text Josh um, as texted in. Myself and my housemate regularly have heated debates. The most recent was an argument about noughts and crosses, in which we were both arguing the same point, but wouldn't accept the other was correct and didn't listen. <laughs> we what still was the same point. How many arguments are there you can have I'm about, about noughts? I want to be crosses. That's okay. <laughs> Other than that, I can't think of any, really. Yeah. Who goes first? Oh, yeah, that's... Is it crosses always start or noughts always start? Yeah. There's always that. Somebody uh, told me that they... He was an air steward, and, um, yeah, he still writes. And uh, we, he said he was on a plane, and um, David Beckham and uh, Victoria were on it. And they said, do you have any paper and a, and a pen... <laughs> You, can't, you know what's coming, don't you? <laughs> and uh, when he went after to where they'd been sitting, there was a whole pile of uh, covered in noughts and crosses of, of paper, <laughs> really? which is fantastic. Some of them won as well. You know, that it's always drawn. Yeah, there yeah, were some yeah. victories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't know who won. <laughs> Somehow someone managed to outflank David Beckham at noughts and crosses. <laughs> <laughs> David was our big crosses because that's how I signed my name. Very good. Oh, and he's famous for crosses as well, so I, I should imagine. <laughs> Whereas she's famous for naught. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, there is, a, there is a further detail to this, that um, some of the other paper had got tattoo designs being experimented <laughs> no! with. Yeah. It was the most David Beckham and Victoria pile of paper of all time. <laughs> have you ever had any odd arguments that no, I'm sure I, you have? I've, got, I've had lots and lots of odd arguments. <laughs> I always like arguments that you don't know what it's about, but, you know, they're sort of spectacular. I went to a wedding... At, most fantastic place to go to a wedding at Scunthorpe Polish Working Men's Club, <laughs> which in itself is a wonderful place. <laughs> but anyway, there's this fact there was a DJ on the stage, classic DJ on the stage, Dave Double Dex type bloke. And this guy came careering onto the stage, and you heard the needle go across the record. And he wrestled the microphone from the DJ and he said, Who's upset our putt? <laughs> I would love a book to be called Who's Upset Our Past It wasn't Frank Lampard, was it? <laughs> oh dear and so, then, another, oh, Just one other go, wedding go on. one that I love I, I've told uh, David this story as well but uh, it was in the Stoke paper and there used to be fantastic weddings and there were always fights at weddings but this one was just so spectacular and always the headline was Fight at Wedding and it ended up with <laughs> it ended up with The groom needed 18 stitches the uh, bride's father broke his femur and it said 27 other guests also needed attention for minor injuries. And then the final sentence, the bride wore peach and the honeymoon is to be in Tunisia. <laughs> We'd better put that in because that was already written before. Well, it might not have been a fight. It could have been a conga pylon. 
<laughs> oh, that's near where I live. <laughs> <laughs> what, Conga? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should do it. I had my hair cut on the show last week, Nick. And it looks really good, by the way. Thank you very much. It was cut by Emily's stylist. That's why I think it looks good. N- Nick, you're a bloke who I imagine goes for a five quid haircut. I do, I do go for a five quid I knew quid you would. If anything, just a, as a point of principle. <laughs> yeah, basically. But mine has been... It's going to be... Uh, Joe Russell on the next show actually gathered... Because obviously I, I was in here and then Joe came in and there was a lot of my hair about. So she's gathered it up and it's going to be, I think, a competition <laughs> prize, which I'm slightly worried about. You yes, see, that's a bit creepy, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and apparently we have quite a hardcore following of uh, voodoo-oriented uh, listeners. You're going to say people can make bad magic with your hair, you yeah. know that. Well, a woman once told me she uh, she took my fingernails out of uh, an ashtray where I'd left them, as you do, as yeah, you do. Yeah. and uh, she said, I've got your fingernails, and now I can make you love me forever with a spell. Really? Yeah. I was in Timbuktu with um, Comet Relief once, and I was cutting my nails outside the car waiting for something, and a bloke ran across really, really excited and was very frightened and told me to put my nails in my pocket because people can make bad magic with them. So they, How yeah. come everybody's got nail stories? I don't have any. <laughs> well, you don't cut your fingernails, do you, presumably. <laughs> no, stories about them being varnished. They're, they're not quite so sinister. I've got manicure stories, loads of well, them. who hasn't? <laughs> goodness sake. <laughs> Absolute. It is all too beautiful. That's um, small faces, and uh, actually, it's not too beautiful. It's very beautiful in here because Nick Hancock is our guest today, oh. and and I love him. So I love you too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I, I, I I love our producer less because uh, our producer Paul confessed, and honestly, I was genuinely upset about this that he was in Peru on holiday, and he. What did you do, Paul? You kicked a piece off a sacred monument and took it home as a souvenir. <laughs> How big a piece are we talking about? Uh, a golf ball. A golf ball. You kicked Sorry. a golf ball off a sacred <laughs> monument. Yes, it's a very... It's, it's, a, it's a Bing Crosby uh, <laughs> monument. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got a bit of the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> I always say, if you're going to go to a museum, take a pair of scissors with you. <laughs> You know, not, don't take too much so people know. It's just a hand. It's a hand. No one would miss it. Yeah. Oh, the, the shroud. There's always a lot of fuss about that. When I was a student, all my sheets looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you do you do collect mem- memorabilia. Yeah. Well, I did. I, I sort of... I feel rather idiotic now because once you sort of grow up and have kids and realise the money could be spent on something better and you never look at these things, it seems a bit daft. But they're nice things to have and to say that you have. I think. Yeah. Have you got Stan? Is it true you've got Stanley Man- I, Matthews' FA Cup? I have medal? got Stanley Matthews' FA really? Cup medal. Yeah. I mean, that must be, for those of you who aren't interested in football, that is like the FA Cup final that is yeah. the most iconic. Was This guy was about 73 and it was his last chance of ever winning an FA Cup medal and he played a complete blinder and won it uh, for Blackpool. Yeah. And you've got that. I've got that. I think, you know, subliminally, thinking back on it, I think the reason I've got all these England caps and things like that was because when he's to do, they think it's all over. Uh, Gary and David always used to slag me off and say, how many England caps have you got? So you've bought really? I've got five, actually, <laughs> Gary, I think you're five. Spanning, spanning a 50-year period. <laughs> Did you stop at the hairdressers and buy some trophies and medals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have my name badly spelt on them. <laughs> so you've got England... Who's England caps have you uh, got? Neil Franklin, who you probably won't know. Yeah, he was a Stoke yeah, centre-half, yeah, so went, wasn't went to Columbia. Beautiful, and lustrous black hair comes straight back. He certainly, well, they all had beautiful, lustrous black hair because they're black and white photos didn't they? Oh, of course yeah <laughs> couldn't really tell. for all I know it could have been purple <laughs> it could well have been, it well have been. <laughs> it could have been a punk Neil frankly uh, and I've got a Sally Matthews and I've got a good Manx cap do you go to auctions to get all these you well, don't I get did, them off eBay I, I did, did no, no, off eBay. I'm sure you probably could get them off eBay now this is many years ago in my but they'd be, they'd be tweed wouldn't they? They'd be tweed with an England sticker on the front. That, that's the worry if you get more feedback. Yeah, gingham. <laughs> However, if you see my hair on eBay, it will be the real thing. Can I can I point that out? Um, yeah, I've got um, I've got a FA Cup winners medal from 1888, won by a West Brom player, and I've got a losers medal from 1935, won by a West Brom player, and I've got a 1920 uh, league winners fob watch. Because they didn't have medals then. <laughs> yeah. So that, so it's actually a working watch from 1920. This isn't very interesting, unless, of course, you're a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, you've worked out that I'm not at home at the moment. <laughs> but I'm sure my girlfriend will will fight them off. Um, you're not. And you're not down to London to run in the marathon. I'm guessing. Nick. No, I'm not down to London to, uh, to run the marathon. You, so uh, but I, I've got sort of vague links to the marathon in that I've been helping Tony Pulis, who's the stoke manager, who is running in the marathon, raise some money for a, a hospice that he's running for. Right, but you haven't been training him. No, of course not. Yeah, oh, that's, I loved an image of you standing at one end of a pot waving a rag and Tony Pulis running at it. Yeah, I'd be like that bloke on the little motorbike in uh, Run Fat Boy Run alongside him, I think. Yeah, and those, those Michael Owen adverts that were on during the European Championships of a bloke training Michael Owen. Obviously training him in a very bad way, he's been <laughs> yes, injured yes. basically yeah, yeah. ever since. Do you ever exercise or run or do anything like that though? Maybe. <laughs> no, I haven't. I used I wasn't to play. I used to play. Uh, yeah, well, not very successfully, anyway. Um, I used to play a lot of sport, but I haven't done for about fifteen years. That's Sorry, is this a job interview? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, looking, we're looking for a runner. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh, <laughs> uh, and I thought if we told you beforehand, you'd get nervous, <laughs> self-conscious. Yeah. We, we wouldn't get the best well, out of you. I've, I've got dab on now, you see. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do on this show. We talk about stuff. I feel we should talk. You've just finished. A co- I, like, I like the idea of plugging something retrospectively. Yeah. <laughs> You've just finished a cookery show. Yeah, I've just finished a cookery show. I actually, the, the, finished yesterday was the final, and the funny thing about it was... There were like 30 shows, and we were working all the way through it, and it was sort of evolving as it went along. Which we should say what it's called. It was called uh, Taste the Nation, uh, which means it was ill-conceived, really. But no, it was, it was great fun, it was great fun, it was great fun. And they kept saying all the way through, they said, you've got to wait for the final, we're going to have two celebrity guests, Judge. You've got to wait. The, 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 we're not going to tell you who it is, we're not going to... Building it up, sorry, building it up, building it up, building it up. And then the day before the final, they said, well, we're going to tell you who we've got in to judge the final. Are you ready for this? Ingrid Tarrant and Eddie the Eagle Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on. Could you get a better combo than that? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you should be saying this about your own show. And who was Eddie yeah, there, was a, there was a reason for it, but anyway. Yeah. Now, how was Eddie looking? Because we talked on the show the other week that Eddie's had plastic surgery to make to him... To reduce the size of his chin. Has he? Well, yeah, we titled the idea he'd actually meant to make him into an eagle. <laughs> That he's got his talons fitted yes. and all that. In very fact, Ziggy Stardust. He's going to feature on Britain's Got Talons. <laughs> and she's going to be on Britain's Got Tarrant. Oh my God, I've got off on into Pond Heaven. <laughs> so was it fun to do, though, Nick? It was quite good fun, actually, yeah. It was and did you get to eat the. What, the no, because all the cameramen, they're all there, every single cameraman and all the sound people, they're all there with, with forks in their pockets waiting for them. <laughs> Honestly, genuinely, they're straight in. It's incredible. That gannets they are. Forks hanging on their belts yeah, like yeah. it's a tool. Yeah. Absolute. Nick Hancock is with us on, on the Frank... It's not really called the Frank Skinner Show. It's Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I think it's always called. And also Sandy Mason is in the room. In case you don't know, Sandy Mason is my girlfriend's mum. And it's always good to be nice to your girlfriend's mum. I think that can pay off in the long run. <laughs> I find that now when we have rows that Sandy t- tends to take my side yeah. because, you know, she's staying in my flat and if push comes to shove, they'd both have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may have burnt a few boats there, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I actually live on a boat. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, so, um, I have to say, I, I mean, I love doing this show, but this morning I'll be... In a way, I'll be glad when it's over because I, I saw uh, Sir Steve Redgrave on the telly the other day and he's promoting um, drinking two litres of water a day. It's supposed to be really good for you to do that. He said because your brain is 75% water or something. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll drink that. And But it's a bit of a strain on the bladder, I've got to tell you. I should have seen that coming in many ways. Yes. So I'm yeah. constantly... What spoilt it for me, Steve went on about, um, you know, water and how marvellous it is and how we should drink more. And then he said something along the lines of, I've developed a sports drink that in a way is better than water. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to say what it was, it'll, it'll be plugging it. But um, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. So then he started talking about electrolytes and stuff like that, which you probably don't get. That's in, like, you, you remember those, those albums, the best punk album in the world ever? Yeah. You that? And then they brought out another one, which was the best punk album in the world ever, too. Which, strictly <laughs> speaking, is the second best punk album in the world ever. But not the best promo. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No, well, I, you know, I got respect for um, for Steve Redgrave, obviously. Although I did, uh, I was on uh, Michael Parkinson's show with Steve Redgrave once. You know, when the guest sits next to you, and he was talking about winning all those gold medals, and I said the thing is with rowing, it's the kind of thing I want to discover later on CFAX rather than actually watch. <laughs> and I got booed by the crowd. By yeah. Steve Redgrave. Well, no, Steve Redgrave said something like, "Well, I don't watch you very often." Oh, uh, it was, it was a tense moment, well, evidently. It, it was, it was a tense yeah. moment. But um, I, you know, I stopped my oaring. <laughs> oh, I'm terribly sorry, everyone. But it's Steve Redgrave. We'll never mention him again on this show, unless he's involved in a major scandal, which I doubt. <laughs> but isn't it, this water thing actually does interest me? Because isn't it true? People were saying you have to take in this much water in a day, but everything you eat is 95 percent water. I'm surely that counts mm. for something, doesn't it? Well, I eat mainly dried fish. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Cuttlefish, well, I <laughs> yeah. There'll be a sort of genetic memory of water, <laughs> albeit salt water. <laughs> no, I eat, uh, I eat dried freshwater fish. Just, uh, Thank it's a health drive. <laughs> They're in a keep net in salt. <laughs> no, you're right. Well, someone was... I was talking... I went to a thing the other day and I kept saying, have you got some water and where's your toilet? And she said to me, you're all right. And I, I told her about this thing. And she said, oh, well, um, you don't need to do that. You only need, like, an egg cup a day to supplement the water that's in the food, which can't be... That can't yeah. be true, can you? An egg cup a day of water. I mean, what kind <laughs> of a health drive would that be? Yeah. So, Steve, what do you want to promote? Well, I want everyone to drink an egg cup of <laughs> yeah. water a day. Yeah. Rubbish. And also, in that sort of intelligent design thing, you would have thought God would have been thinking about egg cups that early on, would you, if that was all no. you needed to take in? Well, I don't know. What came first, the human being or the egg cup? <laughs> That's true. It's a time-honoured philosophical it debate. Is. <laughs> well, I, I, I do notice it's the marathon tomorrow, of course, and they, they get a lot of water down them. They do. I did a I did a 10k run once, and the bloke standing next to me before we set off, he ate three Mars bars. I mean, in quick, I'd never seen anyone eat three Mars bars out, out of the context of a competition before. <laughs> and I said, uh, "Whoa!" And he said, no, "That's what you got to do. You got to really build your your carbs up." And I thought, "Oh God, I haven't had you know, I haven't got any Mars bars." <laughs> I, I, and I, I thought, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be like that cuttlefish I've got at home when I finish." And about. <laughs> I'd say about ten minutes later, I saw him throwing up at the side of the road. What I love about that story is how fantastically suggestible you are. A boat eats three Mars bars, and you're thinking, "I've got no Mars bars." Well, I am like that though, because in that context, I, I felt like I, I, I don't. These are proper runners. Yeah, you presume everybody knows a little you're bit always, more than you. Exactly. Yeah. You always. I mean, when you came in here today, you probably saw me sitting at this desk and thought, "Oh, you know, Frank knows all about the art of radio." Yeah. Yeah, you were very, very wrong. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you were a big England fan, of course. We've met at many yeah, England yeah. football games and cricket games, in fact. Yeah. Uh, did uh, what's your feeling on the St George's Day thing, Nick? Because that's quite. I don't know. I think again, being of a certain age mm. and having watched England and a lot of football through the early eighties when there was lots of trouble and the flag of St George's always linked into all that stuff. But it, but I it wasn't, was it spooky. then? Wasn't it the Union Jack they used to wave at England games in those days? Um, well, I mean, I mean, I, well, I've got to think about flags in general to tell you, that, <laughs> okay. which is why I can't do semaphore. I just, <laughs> I just won't have a flag in the house. Oh. I won't have one. A sort of flagophobia. <laughs> yeah, in a way, in a sense. Yeah. Oh, that, that is. Uh... That's, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> well, I've just made it up. <laughs> OK. Well, you've unfurled it in yeah. what you've done. Oh. That's oh. enough now. Comedy's enough so to build it. <laughs> I think we're flagging that. at this what? point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know something? I, I, I'm not sure we can top that one. Well, I, I, It's been a joy having you. Now, before you go, Nick, yeah. do you want to... You haven't plugged anything. Everybody <laughs> plugs. Do you want to plug anything? It, it, only if anybody wants to come and mow my lawn. That's the only thing I really need doing at the moment. <laughs> you know, someone will probably email in and say, I'd love to do that. Okay. Uh, well, they'll put them in touch with me. Okay. Good, they, they, they honestly can. Yeah. Okay, maybe we can. We, can they? Of course they can. We can send a live reporter out and have, <laughs> have the sound yeah. of snipping <laughs> and, and Nick saying, don't miss that bit in yeah, the. Yeah. In yeah, the I'm court. not going to get him to do it with scissors. We've got a lawnmower. Well, it's, it's been great having you on, Nick. Uh, it's always lovely Great to fun. see you. And uh, not quite as exciting as having Sandy Mason on, of course, uh, of course who's my girlfriend's hey. mom. But, um, yeah, I've had enough of applauding in there. But, um, uh, thank you. She'll expect it at home, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> OK, then, so uh, that's the end. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.